Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Jay Rolden Speaks podcast. This is December 7th, 2022. It's almost December 8th. Are you guys ready for your Christmas day? Are you guys, have you guys done all your shopping? Have you guys got all your groceries? Have you got all your presents? I'm sure the answer is no, but that's okay. You know why? Because we still got quite a few days left before Christmas. However, have you actually like thought about having a present for yourself, right? I know that sounds a little selfish, but maybe this is something that maybe we need to do more, right? More often. So I wanted to share with you guys a couple of poems tonight that I think may actually help with trying to sort of ease the tension of getting ready for Christmas and, you know, just kind of like help you just get prepared mentally and emotionally. And so I just want to say that you're in the right place, okay? If you, this is your first time here on this live, well, what we do here is we talk about poetry. And really, that's all we do. We talk about poetry, and I sort of extract multiple understandings, multiple meanings of, you know, where this poem is coming from. And more importantly, I actually show you guys how I connect with it. You know, sometimes poetry can stem from one or two words, right? And obviously can stem from many more, much more than that. But we sort of like don't realize like the, the real true nature of poetry and like how what it actually does to us. And so those of you who are new to this life, I don't want you to, to worry because like when I was younger, I just was totally flabbergasted with, with poetry. I never really thought poetry was like any, any good. And I continue to think like that even in my college years. And it wasn't until like, when I was sort of close to graduating, getting my bachelor's, like I actually started like really, really just contemplating like what is it about poetry that is always so, shall we say, embedded in culture? And why is it that people that speak poems and that refer to poems and think about poems and, you know, just use poetry as a way of like conveying certain understanding and meaning what is it about poetry that kind of like just really captivates people you know and so that really fascinated me and i sort of like just wanted to dive into that and try to figure out okay here's a couple of poems and now what do i do with it see a lot of times we take for granted the amount of time the amount of effort it takes for these amazing writers of poems that it took them to write these poems and so like i think it's really important for us to remember like you know just because you don't get it the first time just because you don't get it the second time just because you don't get it the third fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth ninth tenth however many times it doesn't mean that you aren't capable it doesn't mean that you are not shall we say at the same level as poems <laughs> because I wasn't I certainly was never ever 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 close to understanding poetry and in fact there were a couple of poems where I just was kind of like I just kind of like cringed a little bit because I just I just thought they were a little bit too cheesy and I'll be honest with y'all, like, when I was in sixth grade, I actually wrote one. <laughs> I actually, I wrote two. 
And one of them was about soccer, and it was the cheesiest, you know, poem I've ever written ever. <laughs> and the second one was, the second one was actually a little deeper, and it actually had to do a lot with basically like like going hiking in the Andes Mountains, which is in South America. And I know this is gonna sound really strange coming from a fourth grader, okay, but. In the poem, I wrote that I wanted to hike the Andes Mountains, and at the end of my journey, at the end of my adventure, I actually wanted to die and be buried in the mountains, because I love the mountains, I love the Andes Mountains. If you guys have ever seen pictures of the Andes Mountains, it is absolutely majestic, and whatever you know, whatever preconceived notions you have of like mountain ranges, okay, like don't get me wrong, like the Rockies are gorgeous, the Swiss Alps are gorgeous, the Himalayas are gorgeous, right? Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa is super, super gorgeous, right? Like all these amazing, amazing mountain ranges that exist around the world. But obviously I'm going to sound very biased here, but there's something so unique about the Andes Mountains that can never be replicated. There's something super powerful and majestic and glorious and you know, whoever goes to visit the Andes Mountains will absolutely be moved. And I wouldn't necessarily say transformed, but that's certainly a possibility, okay? Case in point, let me share this little story that is related to my to my older brother, okay? My older brother in, well, my oldest brother, he, a few years ago, he and his, his best friend took a, a journey, an adventure to the uh, Andes Mountains in, in Peru. And, you know, Peru has an incredible landscape. It is so gorgeous. Like, I don't recommend spending a lot of time in Lima, okay? Lima is not really a pretty pretty city. I Sorry, if there's any Peruvians in here, lo lamento mucho, pero ustedes saben que la capital no es tan bonita. Pero alrededor, right? Outside of the city. It is absolutely stunning. Peru is a gorgeous, gorgeous, naturally gifted country. And there's this one mountain, okay? It's called Alpamayo. I swear, y'all, this mountain in Peru is called Alpamayo. It is so picturesque. You would, you would think this mountain only exists in like books or like you know CGI films. It is absolutely stunning, and if you just Google search it, and you will see tons and tons and tons of the pictures of Alpamayo. So, back to my story with, back to the story of my brother and his best friend. All right, so my brother. And his best friend, they, they basically hiked the Peruvian mountains, the Andes, and then they were their mission was to basically like climb the summit of Alpamayo. And my brother, okay, my oldest brother, he is I love him very much, and he is a very kind of like straight laced guy and you know, he's a jokester, okay? Don't get me wrong. He's got a really great sense of humor. But 
he doesn't really show like his emotional emotional side very much okay which obviously if you are you know someone that has a good sense of humor you would think that like tapping into your emotions is easier but i think all of you know someone in your circle of friends that like really don't show their like their their their, their sensitive emotional side okay like 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 basically like feeling somebody else's hurt or pain right they're not empathic basically and so my oldest brother isn't that okay he he doesn't really like at least from my experience okay and if my brother ever hears this podcast yo bro i mean i just want to let you know i love you and yes like i you're my brother so i love and respect you so like this is definitely not a criticism bro but i just want you to understand like like you know (laughs) that I have a hard time connecting with you, but not because I don't love you, man. It's because like the personality, that's it. Okay. It's just personality. And you know, my, you know, Sam, so I have three older brothers and my oldest brother's name's Rick and Sam is, is my, my closest brother. And he and I have a, have, have a much more like intimate conversations about like personal lives and things like that. So I sort of confide in him to like share like my my you know just struggles and 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 just life questions things like that right so like I go to him for basically all of my my questions about like relationships and you know just things that are very very personal anyway so <laughs> back to the story so my brother Rick you know he took this trip with his best friend Greg and you know they these guys are adventurers. I mean, they, they do this, you know, pretty regularly, like, like not every month or anything like that, but like, it seemed like it was like a, like an annual trip anyway. So as he was trekking, trekking and, you know, and this is him telling me the story, by the way. Okay. You know, just, he was, he was telling me the story about like, you know, going through, you know, just the wilderness and, and the snow and the mountain range and, you know, climbing, these these rocks and you know trekking through the snow and you know stopping at like camps and you know just eating you know just basically nutritious food but but you know whatever was whatever was prepared basically right like like just things that are you know they don't look fancy but it's definitely nutritious anyway so when he told me about the day they got to Alpamayo right like it's kind of hard to describe if you haven't seen a picture of it, but like there's this little like plain, like this this little mesa, and it's right before Alpamayo's peak, right? And this place is so high up above the ground that you can see for miles and miles and miles, and it's just so amazing. And I remember he showed me this picture that he took, and the sun was rising and it i've never seen such an an incredible glow of orange and a mixture of red and yellow and just this amazing glow that i've never seen the sun could do and it was reflecting off of the snow and of course the alpamayo peak as well and as he was telling me like what he was witnessing i actually saw tears in his eyes for the first time like 
in a long, long time. I haven't seen him like cry in so long. And that's when I realized like truly there's something truly special about the Andes Mountains that can absolutely just crack the most emotionless human being you can think of at some point, you know? It takes time. But I remember him like just getting really, really emotional about it, really teary eyed, you know, and and you know, and there was other things that were going on in his life, but you know, nothing that was overwhelming, right? Like like the experience of climbing this mountain with his friend, like this was such a special moment and something that he will never ever forget. And in many ways it did like sort of transform him and change him but but also not really because like he became you know the same guy just a lot more you know tuned to being more loving you know and and i and and i swear to you guys like he truly did become more loving which is really interesting because like the next time we hung out thanksgiving or you know some other holiday you know he's like much more huggable and just like and, and, and I love that about my brother, you know, like I, I, I never really experienced that when I was younger. And, you know, and then he, you know, became a lot more like, like just hugging and, and, and you know, like in Latin America, let me just say this to y'all. If you guys don't know Latin American culture, it's very, very important and very like special when men, okay, and I'm strictly, strictly talking about men, when men kiss each other on the cheek, okay, this is a very, very like such an endearing like like act and you know it's very special like like we do this with our grandparents we do this with our fathers we do this with our brothers we do this with our cousins right like it's a very very like very very uh common practice and you know if you don't do that then it's very very kind of strange and i wouldn't necessarily say it's rude but it's kind of weird like 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 if you truly value somebody's friendship if you truly value somebody's relationship then yes then you actually do kiss them on the cheek because this is an act of respect and this is an act of like just absolute like like an act of love right like an act of like hey you're not just somebody that i'm talking to today you're you're actually somebody that is really important to me somebody that i want to spend some time like you know chit-chatting and you know shooting the breeze and you know just joking around and you know spending some time you know whatever that may be you know and so my brother started doing that with me you know like kissing me on the cheek and give me a hug and you know i just was wow this is amazing like i never really experienced that from him and i'll be honest like the first time he did it when i was at you know much more mature age like i thought that was kind of weird <laughs> but but then I started to like spend some time with him and getting to know like all of his like recent travel stories and life experiences and then you know I started putting two and two together and then I realized like wow he's actually at an age where you know he's really uh, really really appreciating life really appreciating like relationships really appreciating brotherhood right really appreciating like family and and I love that about him now you know he's He's such a cool guy and just a fun guy and I absolutely love being at his house whenever he invites me over and 
you know, bro, I just want to let you know, man, I love you from the bottom of my heart. You are truly one of the most special guys in my life, and and uh, I just want to let you know that you and your family is are beautiful, and uh, I appreciate appreciate your wife and and you know everybody that's a part of your inner circle, man. So I love you very much. So I hope that you send my love in regards to 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 the wife. So anyway. Mountain ranges. Um, <laughs> so, I wrote that poem about me trekking through the Andes, and at the end of that journey, I wanted to be buried in the Andes. And a part of me actually still, by the way, I. If you guys came to this live late, I, I'm talking about a poem that I wrote when I was in fourth grade. Fourth grade. <laughs> it's not a very good poem, like like in terms of like structure and and you know the the word choice is not the it's not it's not very good. But the story, I still remember it. I still remember it very clearly, like what it was about. You know, trekking through the Andes Mountains, looking at the wilderness, and interacting with condors and. Lemus, right, and like, which is a, it, it, it's a very unique species in in the Andes Mountains, right? Unemul, and it's it, they look like a, a like deer, but but they're not. And anyway, it's very very unique to the Andes mountain ranges. And I was interacting with all these these wildlife, these animals when I was trekking, and you know, I, I remember like looking at like the landscape and you know the horizon, and you know being able to see the ocean from the Andes Mountains. And just everything about it was just so majestic, so beautiful that, you know, whatever was going on in my life, right? Like, by the way, once again, this is in fourth grade. <laughs> so all of a sudden, like I, I had this epiphany in, in the poem, okay? In the poem, I had this epiphany of like, what if I, what if I die and I want to, you know, and I want to be buried in this, in these, and these mountains, right? Like, I think one of the line one of the lines said like bury me under the mountain or something like that, and and I was actually like really happy about that. Like I, I wanted that to be like the signature line of the entire poem, even if it was like a really cheesy one. The end was where I wanted to be buried under the mountain because then my soul and my entire life could be significant and be remembered and. You know, just leave sort of like this inner legacy between me and God and, you know, just sort of like appreciating like his creation and, you know, just a way of like basically giving tribute to all of that. Right. And so I don't know, maybe one day I'll, I'll, I'll bring, I'll find that poem someday and I'll read it to y'all. But anyway, <laughs> I'm getting ready to read some poems tonight guys I got a good selection of poems and I want to start off with a poem that I read several weeks ago and it's actually by Angela Morgan I think it's Angela I think it might be also pronounced Angela but I might be Angela Morgan I'm pretty sure she's not German <laughs> anyway so this was titled choice and after I read this by the way 
Actually, no, no, no. Sorry, that wasn't the first one that I wanted to read. <laughs> the first one I wanted to read was... Let me see. I had it all ready right here, and I just can't believe I... Where is it? Okay. Okay, here we go. So... You know what? No, no, no. I'm going to start off with, with the Angela, Mor Angela Morgan one. And then I'm going to transition into a Spanish poem by Miguel Hernandez. And I'll read that one a little bit later and I'll explain that one later. So here we go, y'all. Are you guys ready? All right. Here we go. So this one is titled Choice by Angela Morgan. I'm going to do a five second countdown. And, and once the track starts, I'm going to be like diving into the poem because I want to fit it into two minutes and I'm trying to post this on my podcast by the way those of you who don't know this those of you who are new I do have a account on, on Spotify and it's called J. Rolton Speaks so if you don't have the app just download it and search for J. Rolton Speaks you'll see a profile picture of my face and please please follow and rate the show and if you can I would love your support there. I know I have quite a few monthly supporters on there already. And so I want to say thank you to all of you all once again. And there you go. All right. So I'm trying to put this next reading in two minutes and we'll see if it works. But anyway, here we go. This is called Choice by Angela Morgan. I'm going to drink some water and then start a track and then five or do my five second countdown and then start the track. All right. Here we go. Have the hope of you 
rather grope for you within the great abyss than claim another's kiss. That was a spicy mitabolla. Oof. Isn't that so lovely? <sighs> My goodness. What an amazing, amazing work of art right here. Choice. What better choice can you have than to choose to recall somebody in your memory? Right? To embed them in your memory. Because this is the one place that can never, ever be taken away from you and no matter how many people or what who tells you that you need to like move on and like you know etc etc and like you know stop torturing yourself and like all these other like reasons to not confront and 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 not honor and cherish those wonderful memories that you've had with someone right like if they're still in your life if they're not in your life it doesn't matter. You know why? Because if you practice, truly, truly, truly practice the art of honoring someone's memory, okay? This has nothing to do with like you, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes, sure. They're, they're for, for immature people, okay? Immature people that have not learned the lesson of like cherishing and honoring a memory. Those people are going to have a very, very, very hard time of letting go and moving on okay like and you can tell by their personality they're very droopy they're very sad they're very depressed they're very just like anxious and they're very like unsure of themselves they don't know who they are or at least they have not very very little confidence of who they are and they're still learning who they are right like they still un are trying to understand their capabilities right they're tr still trying to develop their capabilities and so Someone that is very mature, someone that was very, very, like, in, very intelligent, with wis filled with wisdom, right, and and peace and patience and true compassion and love, like that person, right, a man or woman, has learned to cherish a memory, not because they're lingering, not because they're like so hurt and 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 sad that they're like, you know, they don't know how to move on. No, 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 no. They absolutely know how to move on. You know why? Because they know how to honor someone's memory without actually feeling sad or depressed about it. That is an amazing skill that you can only learn through the years. Period. And no matter what happened in between you, no matter how painful it was, no matter like what the situation was, there is something that you found incredibly endearing you found something so special something so important that you decided to spend your valuable time with them do you understand how how much of a game changer that is do you actually know what it means to spend time with somebody do you actually know how to value someone's time and your own by the way some of you are sitting there right now and, and try to think like, man, what happened to the last 10 years of my life? 
you didn't think about it. You didn't know how to cherish memories. And you know what? Some of you know exactly how to do that. And when you look back and it's like, man, I am so, so cool and chill and happy that I got to know that one guy or that one girl or that family member or that best friend or whatever, colleague. You know, stop like trying to find reasons not to value someone. Stop trying to find reasons not to cherish these moments. Stop trying to find reasons of not understanding your worth and your sense of time. I absolutely love, loved, and still love my last three years of my life. Because I absolutely have changed for, well, I've, I've, I've modified a lot of my characteristics. I used to be really sad. I used to be really anxious. I used to be really, really like just critical, super critical of everyone and everything, especially being here in the States, y'all. Now that I'm a U.S. citizen, I absolutely love this place. But before that, I was so critical so critical and I even have friends American friends that are still critical <laughs> and I look at them I'm like bro do you do you like go somewhere else so that you can experience what it's like over there and I guarantee that whenever you come back you're gonna be so happy and thankful that where you live and I was one I was exactly like those guys criticized everything was anxious about everything and just like didn't trust people and like and 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 refused refused to like just like acknowledge you know any ounce of like like emotional connection with anyone no way i was never ever gonna do that no no, no. you mind your own business i mind my own business we're good to go okay it's like that poem, uh, Mending Wall, right? If you've never read that poem, it's, it is fantastic, right? It's written, it's written by, by Robert Frost, right? In fact, he, he wrote a line in that poem. He says, good fences make good neighbors, right? It's a great poem, by the way. It's an absolutely fantastic poem. But that line itself is like, wow, that's true for the majority of human beings. <laughs> because... We're so stubborn and like just refuse to like let our guard down and, and, and our and our pride put away our ego. Like we need we we actually need those walls because without them, then we just be like obliterating ourselves, right? And like can't constantly bickering about everything, right? There's only a few of us that actually like have got past that. Okay, I'm not saying that like you shouldn't like protect you know certain areas of your life of course you should you should be cautious that's absolutely a must but that's not the same as like realizing what certain boundaries do and 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 what it's doing to you because eventually when you like enclose yourself within a boundary right whatever it is what you're doing is you're imprisoning yourself and therefore you will never ever be able to reach out to somebody and just become like a true genuine friend 
a true genuine colleague, a true genuine role model, a true genuine human being that has been lost, that has been broken, that has been torn apart and realized the importance of regenerating, of reconciling, of forgiving, of loving. When you love someone, you endure whatever shit you have gone through and whatever that is that they pour onto you and you take it until they have nothing left to bicker about to scorn you about to criticize you about to absolutely just like nothing left in them to like be angry about and then when they calm down you're still there and you say brother sister friend colleague apprentice girlfriend wife I'm still here No matter how many times you want to push me away, no matter how many times you think you are trying to self-preserve and trying to keep me from harm, I choose to be here with you because I value you, my brother. I value you, my woman. I value you. I value you, your family, and everything that you come up come in contact with because you are someone special to me so do what you need to do to get rid of all of that tension, all of that negativity, all of that crap that you've accumulated in your time. And when the dust settles and your eyes are no longer blurry and your heart is not fogged, you will see me standing there waiting for you and you will realize that that man that person that guy truly loves you he has learned the skill of peace of, of maintaining peace he has learned the life skill of forgiving. He has learned the life skill of being thoughtful. He has learned the life skill of filtering every ounce of hatefulness just so 
he can bring you peace, just so you can have a night of assurance and security and of comfort, because there's nothing to worry. Nothing is much more. Nothing is more valuable than the relationship that I have with you. Nothing is more valuable than the time that I have with you. Nothing is more valuable than the words that I share with you. Nothing is more valuable than the things that we do with one another, that we create together, that we experience together, that we. Obstacles may show up. We're doing it together. Together. Whatever challenges that are going to potentially occur in the future, we'll face it together when the time comes. Don't do it alone. That is when you fail. Human beings are not designed to be alone. Human beings are not designed to do things by themselves. Despite what our culture in the United States makes us think, right? Do it yourself. DIY projects. You know how many of those DIY projects are done with somebody else? Over eighty percent of them. And the only reason why the twenty percent don't do it with somebody else is because they didn't ask. Or they didn't take somebody else's offer to help them. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, pride and ego is such a, it's such a, it's such a annoying, like problem <laughs> that people have, men and women. Just stop it, stop it. Get over yourself. Get over your ego. Get over whatever pride you think you have. Stop it. Learn to spend some time with your with someone that doesn't have much, and you're gonna see what these people truly value in their life. They actually are very aware of what makes them happy. Something as simple as having a conversation with somebody. Something as simple as having like a wooden stove in a very tiny, four hundred square foot house, <laughs> which I was part of, by the way. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my house in here. I love my house. I love it. Love it. Love it. Right? So much bigger than my last place. My last place was so tiny. It was literally 420, 25 square feet. 425 square feet. I don't think many of you understand what what that what that size looks like. I mean, it's 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 probably the size of most of your average bedrooms plus a bathroom, and that's 425 square feet. Just so you know. <laughs> okay, maybe. Yeah, no, no, it's not even two bedrooms. Okay, it's like a bedroom and like a, a bathroom and a, and a hallway. 
that's 425 square feet right there. And you know what? I didn't care. You know why? Because that house was so warm during the winter. I loved it. It took hardly any time to warm up the house. Freaking loved that place. And when I moved to this bigger house, it was like, man, I don't know what to do with all this space. <laughs> and as much as I love it, it's pretty empty. You know, because it's just me. But I bought it because... plan is to fill it one day you know have this amazing gorgeous wife with blue eyes maybe greenish in there somewhere like a little mix in there <laughs> you know just very light skinned and it's amazing hair so smart, so bright, and we would have these just cute children. I want to have a daughter so bad, and she's gonna look like a perfect blend of her and me. And and I just want to have this. I just want to. I just want to play with my daughter. You know, I just want to play with my daughter and like show her the ropes. You know, and 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 like go out hunting together and like just like you know teach her like I don't know just cool skills right and, and and you know play soccer with her or whatever sport she likes to play and you know and, and teach her to like to respect and love her mother right and, and you know like learn from her as well and you know read to her right read poetry to her right oh. lord willing lord willing please heavenly father please can you please 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 Speaks podcast. I want to welcome you all to this episode 62, and this has been a great night. This is a great night of poetry. This is a great night of amazing, amazing words, and I hope you guys are enjoying these poems and just really, really loving and understanding and benefiting from these poems and just, you know appreciating these amazing works of art, you know? Anyway.
thought of you, and how love, and how you love this beauty. And waking up the long beach all alone, I heard the waves breaking in measured thunder, as you and I once heard their monotone. Around me were the echoing dunes beyond me. The cold and sparkling silver of the sea. We too will pass through death and ages lengthen before you hear that sound again with me. This is titled "I Thought of You" by Sarah Tisdale. If you don't know who this woman is, an amazing poet wrote most of her works early 1900s. And I recommend one collection of poetry from her, that is called "Mirrors of the Heart." Yeah, "Mirror of the" sorry, "Mirror of the Heart." One of the one of the best collections of poems that you will ever read from Sarah Tisdale. She's written tons and tons of poems, tons of collections, but this one is definitely my favorite. This one is from a collection called "Mirror of the Heart" by Sarah Tisdale. So. Go pick one up. Go get check it out from the library. Whatever it is, wherever you get your books from, definitely worth it. Absolutely worth it. And I want to read some more poems by Sarah Tisdale from this collection. So I want to read this one more time, actually, and I want to use a different track this time. In fact, I'm going to read two. So I'm going to read one called "Lovely Chance," and then I'm going to continue with "I Thought of You." All right. In fact, let me try something. Actually, let me let me try something here. All right, I got it. All right, let's try this one more time. In three, two. chance what can I do to give my gratefulness to you you rise between myself and me with a wise persistency I would have broken body and soul but by your grace Still, I am whole. Many a thing you did to save me. Many a holy gift you gave me. Music and friends and happy love. More than my dearest dreaming of. And now. In this wide twilight hour, with earth and heaven a dark blue flower, in a humble mood I bless your wisdom and your waywardness. 
you brought me even here where I live on a hill against the sky and look on mountains and the sea and a thin white moon and the pepper tree. Lovely Chance by Sarah Tisdale I thought of you and how you love this beauty and waking up the long beach all alone breaking in measured thunder as you and I once heard their monotone. Around me were the echoing dunes, beyond me the cold and sparkling silver of the sea. We too will pass through death and ages lengthen before you hear that sound again with me. Perhaps if death is kind and there can be returning, we will come back to earth some fragrant night and take the lanes to find the sea and bending breathe the same honeysuckle low and white we will come down at night to these resounding beaches and the long gentle thunder of the sea. Here for a single hour, in the wide starlight, we shall be happy, for the dead are free. If there is any life when death is over, these tawny beaches will know much of me. I shall come back as constant and as changeful as the unchanging many-colored sea. And if life was small, if it has made me scornful, forgive me. I shall straighten like a flame in the great calm of death, and if you want me, stand on the sea where dunes and call my name. What a delight, what a privilege it is to name and call someone by the, their name, or be heard by someone call your name. There's something very magnetic about that, there's something very just like captivating about that. 
you know i mean obviously like growing up we probably were called that by our parents whenever we were in trouble etc etc but at my age at least like something very like powerful about being called by the woman that i love right like like call to me call my name right it's like it's like it's it goes beyond attention grammar right it's like by the way there's something really interesting about that word attention right like at tension right <laughs> like when we're, when we're paying attention to somebody we're we're like kind of tense right <laughs> we're we're at a t- we're at a tense tense right like attention right so what's the what's the tense right like what's the tension right so it's like mm. so i'm sure many of you have experienced this before but for me i i definitely have experienced this and so you know there was one evening where there was some miscommunication happening between me and and the woman that i'm interested in right like like there was some miscommunicating happening there right and i can't remember exactly like what it was about honestly i'm being very genuine about it but i do remember this whatever like was in the back of our minds all of a sudden she said my name several times actually and looked at me while she said it right and whatever what i was saying or whatever i was thinking about she basically released all that tension that i had and even though i was at tension right attention i was released of it right i was relieved of it and and then i realized like oh whatever it is that we were talking about is not more important than us whatever it is that i was thinking about related to the topic is not more important than you I value you above all else, about everything else, right? Like, you are someone that I choose to spend time with, right? Like, see, that's the awesomeness about time, is like, you really learn to cherish it, and therefore when you do that then you basically like cherish all those little moments that you spend with your friends and your family and your significant others and the people you're interested in right like like truly does whatever it is that you're talking about is that more important than the relationship the time that you spend with one another no I shared this story before but those of you who don't know me uh, I'm from South America and you know we we value our our grandparents very much we never actually send them I mean there's always going to be exceptions but for the most part it's it's not culturally practiced where you like send your grandparents to a home okay in South America we don't we don't do that 
Okay, that we, that's kind of like a that's very rude actually. And so, basically, like they stay with one of the siblings. Okay, one of, one one of the children that they bore and raised, right? <laughs> and so, I remember a couple years ago when we celebrated her hundredth birthday. Okay, all her children that she gave life to were there and th their children's children were there as well right it was this amazing like celebration of this one woman that gave life to basically everybody that was there right there was over 70 people there all family right and you know despite all the success she's had all the failures she's had all of the like cool experiences she's had in her life, all her accomplishments, all the things that made her to be this amazing woman. None of that mattered to her because what gave her the biggest fulfillment in her heart, and you could see it in her face, by the way, was knowing that she was in a room full of people that she gave life to so all of that time she spent was strengthening the relationships with all her children I love how that woman just like says my name right like like my abuelita when she says my name like I, uh, it captivates me it's like it's like i i almost like my heart like softens for this woman right because you know this is my this is my abuelita this is my grandmother so it's like you know whatever she needs whatever i'm doing i'm stopping right now whatever it is i could be in the middle of a business deal i'm gonna tell those guys yo i'm gonna call you guys back for real like for real seriously and this woman deserves like the utmost respect and love and she absolutely understands the value of time and she spent it wisely with all of us you know that's an amazing skill and just ability and experience to have you know so kudos to all those wonderful grandmas out there abuelitas you know wherever you are what a what a what a blessing from God y'all are, right? What a blessing from God. And you know, my grandmother's still alive. She's 103 now. <laughs> what an amazing woman. Still super sharp, you know. Just wow. Still cooks. It's fantastic cooking too. Wow. So in this poem that I just read by Sarah Tisdale, it's called On the Dunes, right? And here she's basically like in the coast and just looking at the sands and the waves and the wind and feeling the wind and looking at all these different colors that you see in the horizon. And then she says this, she's like, If life was small, if it has made me scornful, forgive me. See, she realizes 
all those things that she's witnessing right now. She now values the time she's spending experiencing and looking and smelling and feeling and hearing all these things. that she is witnessing now. And then she says, I shall straighten like a flame in the great calm of death. And if you want me, stand on the seaward dunes and call my name. Isn't that amazing? Out of all the places she could have picked, to have someone call her name. That is the one place that she picked because this is the exact place, the exact moment that she has this epiphany, this realization that all the things that she's surrounded by is indicating to her that this is life itself and I better not waste it. And so I, I want to use that time with someone significant to me. Right? read one more of you, my darling, a question soft and low that gives me many a heartache as the moments 
come and go. Your love I know is truthful, but the truest love grows old. It is this that I would ask you. Will you love me when I'm old? And life's morn will soon be waning, and its evening bells be tolled. But my heart shall know no sadness if you'll love me when I'm old. Down the stream of life together, we are sailing side by side. Hoping some bright day to anchor safe beyond the surging tide. Today, our sky is cloudless, but the night may clouds unfold. But there, though storms may gather round us, will you love me when I'm old? Air shall shade the snowdrift, and mine eyes shall dimmer grow. I would love and lean upon some loved one through the valley as I go, and I would claim of you a promise worth to me a world of gold. It is only this, my darling, that you will love me. When I'm old, this one is. Warning by Jenny Joseph, and this is what it says: When I am old, when I am an old woman, I shall wear purple, with a red hat which doesn't go and doesn't suit me. And I shall spend my pension on brandy and summer gloves and satin sandals, and say we've no money for butter. And I shall sit down on the pavement, and when I'm tired, and gobble up samples in shops and press alarm bells, and run my stick along the public railings, and make up for the sobriety of my youth. Shall go out in my slippers in the rain and pick flowers in other people's gardens and learn to spit. And you can wear terrible shirts and grow more fat and eat three pounds of sausages at a go. And pencils and beer mats and things in boxes, but now we must have clothes that 
keep us dry and pay our rent and not swear in the street and set a good example for the children. We must have friends to dinner and read the papers. But maybe I ought to practice a little now, so people who know me are not too shocked and surprised when suddenly I am old and start to wear. Title Song by John Dunn. of thee, nor in hope the world can show. of thee, nor in hope the world can show a fitter love for me. But since that I must die at last, tis best to use myself in jest, and thus be fiend deaths to die. Yesternight the sun went hence, and yet is here today. He hath no desire nor sense, nor half so short a way. And fear not me, but believe that I shall make speedier journeys, since I take more wings and spurs than he. Feeble is man's power, that if good fortune fall, cannot add another hour, nor a lost hour recall. But come bad chance, and we join to it our strength, and we teach it art and length, itself over us to advance. When thou sighest, thou sighest not wind, but sighest my soul away, 
When thou weepest unkindly kind, My life's blood doth decay. It cannot be that thou lovest me, And thou sayest, if thine my life thou waste, Thou art the best of me. Let not thy divining heart Forthink me any ill. Destiny may take thy part, And may thy fears fulfill, But think that we are but turned aside to sleep, They who one another keep alive, Never parted be. I tried to get that in there in the time frame of that song, but it just didn't happen. You know what? I'm going to do one more time. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get that in the, I gotta get in the time frame here. All right, here we go. One more time. One more time. Last time. Let me uh, make some room here. <laughs> one second. All right. One more time. One more time. Sweetest love, I do not go for weariness of thee, nor in hope the world can show a fitter love for me. But since that I must die at last, tis best to use myself in jest, thus by fiend deaths to die. Yesternight the sun went whence, and yet is here today. He hath no desire, nor sense, nor half so short a way. Then fear me not, but believe that I shall make speedier journeys, since I take more wings and spurs than he. Oh, how feeble is man's power, that if good fortune fall, cannot add another hour, nor a lost hour recall. But come bad chance, and we join to it our strength, and we teach it art and length itself. When thou sightest, thou sightest not wind, but sightest my soul away. When thou weepest, it's unkindly kind, my life's blood doth decay. It cannot be that thou lovest me, as thou sayest, if thine my life thou waste, thou art the best of me. And let not thy divining heart forethink me any ill. Destiny may take thy part, and may thy fears fulfill. Are but turned.
other side to sleep. They who one another keep alive, never parted be. Isn't that amazing? Amazing work of art. That is by John Dunn, and it's titled Song. So amazing, so wonderful, so beautifully made, and I hope you guys enjoyed that one very much. Right? So nice. What a gift. What an amazing, amazing gift. Un regalo. Un hermoso regalo. Que don. Increíble. All right, y'all. This is the Jay Rolden Speaks podcast. If you are not aware of this, I actually have a account on Spotify. So if you have Spotify or if you don't, I encourage you to download it and search for the Jay Rolden Speaks show. And you guys will see a profile picture of me. And underneath the profile picture, you can have some links where you can support the podcast. And if you would like to leave a message, then I would encourage you to follow and subscribe to the channel so that you can leave a message. And that way, if you have any requests, I can honor them in my next live or at some point, right? So thank you so much for being here, y'all. And I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful evening. And thank you so much for listening to these great works of art. And well, I hope that tomorrow is a super special day. And if you are listening to this podcast during the day, well, I hope that the rest of your day goes really well. Don't forget to call your friends and family and those special people in your life and just let them know that you're thinking about them and that you appreciate them. And hopefully, you know, your day will end on a really high, high, high note. So I want to, I'm going to say goodbye to all my Spanish speakers real quick. So I want to do that now. So, bueno, siempre como como siempre digo, gracias a Dios por este este plataforma y bueno, espero que disfrutaron de los poemas y los comentarios y el análisis que ofrecí. Así que este show definitivamente va a estar en, en mi podcast en Spotify, así que por favor, si no me siguen, por favor, sígueme ahí y si pueden apoyarme en ese Bueno, en ese sitio sería estaría muy agradecido por eso y bueno, gracias un montón por sus comentarios y si quieren dejar un recado, un, 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 una solicitud sobre un poema quizás, por favor suscríbanse en mi canal en Spotify y pueden dejar un mensaje y díganme qué poema quieren que yo lea para el próximo live. Así que muchas gracias por todo. Que lo pasen súper, súper bien. Y un gran abrazo para ustedes y su familia. Feliz Navidad. Que lo pasen bien. Que Dios lo bendiga. Que Dios lo guarde. Y que lo mantenga así sano y salvo. Y bueno, un gran abrazo para ustedes. Y muchas gracias por su sintonía. 
All right, guys, this was fun. I hope you enjoy it and be on the lookout for some more content here pretty soon. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Merry Christmas. And hope that you guys have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. So we'll hopefully get to do more of these lives here pretty soon. So we'll see what happens in the next few days with work. And hopefully I can get that done soon. But anyway, have a wonderful night, guys. Good night. Take care. Thank you so much.